This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, what's going on? Josh Wiggler here with a very special edition of the Severance Podcast here on Post Show Recaps. Uh, I'm joined here, of course, as always, uh, by my co-hosts, my Severance partners in crime, Amanda and Melissa. Amanda, Melissa, how are you both doing today? Ah! Uh, yeah, ah! Uh-huh. yeah. Basically, for the last 24 hours in the real time, a little less than 24 hours uh, in the real time of our lives, uh, Melissa and Amanda and myself have not been able to say anything other than ah to each other. We're very uh, excited. We've been doing a lot of may... all caps uh-huh. yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah, lots of like Kermit the Frog, like flailing arm type energy. <laughs> Uh, has been happening here. You may be able to guess why based on the title of this podcast. Uh, so I come to you with uh, with good news and bad news. I'll start with the bad news. The bad news is that second finale feedback podcast. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, it is it is slightly delayed. Uh, it is still happening. It's just not in your feed just yet. The good news is that's because we talked to Michael Chernis. Uh, the ah! literature itself dr rick and laszlo hale uh graced us with his presence and you are going to get to listen to the interview that the three of us did with uh the incredible actor michael chernis who plays rickon on severance we spent about a half hour or so with him amanda and was it the mm-hmm. best 30 minutes of our lives i'm not gonna say no I was I was I was a regular any mark meeting my mm-hmm. hero for the first time um, basking in his brilliance. He was great. He was so wonderful. I'm really he looking forward lovely, to people yeah. hearing this interview. Um, you know, I have to say this was a character and an actor and a performance that we enjoyed so much during the season. So to get to talk to him um, was really a treat. It was it was great. It was madness, Melissa. Uh, it was it was so much fun. Yeah, I, I still feel like a touch broken. Like that all, yeah, that that just happened. That's that's incredible. Um, he answered our like genuine earnest questions and also our completely silly questions. Mm-hmm. And I, I think hopefully, you know, that's the gamut that this podcast has run the whole time. So I think he really seemed to um appreciate both kinds of questions, which was great. 
Yeah, I think this is a really special show as we have all uh, kind of collectively figured out along the way of doing the podcast and watching the show week to week. And I think one of the things that was really fun for me to observe while doing this interview uh, with Michael was how I think even the actors are really connecting with that. The people who are making the show, I think it, it, it either has dawned on them or is still dawning on them that this is, um, you know, one of those lightning in a bottle types of shows and that it's finding mm -hmm. such, um, such a passionate audience and people who are connecting with it for the theory crafting, but also just the appreciation of the story building and the acting um, and the, the connection that we're having with it thematically, which is, which is so, um, you know, profound for, for so many of us. And so to get to dig into any of that with someone involved with the show would have been just a complete treat, uh, Amanda, but to get to do it with the author, uh, the, the fictional author of the UUR is just uh, unbelievable. Philosopher, poet, um, you know, uh, student of life. Uh, it was, it was really, it was really Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And I'll, I'll share something with our dear listeners. Um, I have COVID right now and yes. I think that his presence momentarily healed me. Mm -hmm. But now that we're, <laughs> now that we're recording yeah. this intro, the symptoms are, are coming back. So, um, yeah. but I think it'll be really powerful for all of our listeners as well. And, and will undoubtedly have healing properties. Yes. Who needs the kelp, Melissa, uh, when you've got Michael Chernus? Who needs the kelp? And yet I am now more invested in the kelp than ever after mm -hmm. talking with Michael about it. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, Amanda pushing through the interview while you are wrestling with COVID right now is just a testament to your dedication to this show as uh, the, the queen of the Severance fandom. Mm. Uh, so it is certainly appreciated by both Melissa and myself and I'm sure the listeners as well. Uh, so, uh, huge shouts to you, uh, for, for, for all of that. Um, we are, uh, we're, we're posting this obviously in the severance podcast feed. As I said, at the top of the show, uh, we are definitely coming back with that second feedback show as promised. This kind of just came together in a way we're like, okay, uh, let's quickly pivot. Everyone pivot, pivot, pivot. Uh, we pivot. had to like, uh, we had to do our own overtime contingency, uh, scheme, <laughs> Uh, and the result is uh, much like the innies only had a certain amount of time on the outside. We only had a certain amount of time with Michael Chernis and only a little bit of time to get ourselves ready for it. So uh, not enough time to do the feedback show yet. That is coming your way next week. The additional thing I'll say is um, we are releasing this podcast early to the patrons of Post Show Recaps, many of whom have found us through the Severance podcast um, as a thank you to those people. It has been such a, a meaningful thing to all three of us, certainly, to get to engage with people who are not just engaging with the show, but are engaging directly with the podcast. I haven't seen something like this in a, in a good minute, just the, the level of energy and attention that's being poured into this show. Uh, and it has meant the world to us on the podcast side of things. And so we wanted to, to send this out a little bit early to the, to the patrons of Post Show Recaps, who, are, uh, who, who means so much to us, especially as it pertains to Severance over these last Last several weeks. Um, if uh, if you are not one yet, you certainly can become one at any time by going to patreon.com slash post show recap, sign up, you get access to our post show recaps patron discord, which is our community hub where so many of us have been talking about severance, theorizing, just appreciating the show together. And even though season one is done, uh, I am sure we are far from finished uh, talking about it and talking about similar subjects uh, as it stems out of severance. So this is coming out early for the patrons coming out in your normal Friday spot. In fact, a little bit earlier than your typical Friday severance podcast drop. Uh, so that's a plus at the very least. And uh, yeah, um, Melissa, anything else to set up before we before we throw it to the to the man himself? 
Oh gosh. No, it's just enjoy. I think uh, it was a delight for us and yeah, I hope everybody enjoys it. We, you know, we had a good time. We had a great time. It was the, be- <laughs> it was the best time. Uh, we hope you all have a great time listening to the podcast. You still have time to send us your feedback for that upcoming feedback show. If you wish, Josh at PostureRecaps.com will go directly to me. Uh, you can also tweet at us. I'm at Round Howard. Melissa, you are? At Melissa W28. And Amanda? I am at Dr. Amanda R. And the great thing about COVID is it does not inhibit my uh, productivity <laughs> tweeting. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, on, I'm on the Twitter. And actually, Michael Churn has followed the three of us last night after yep. we booked this interview right before I started live tweeting Survivor like a total <laughs> mad woman. So um, the, fact that, the fact that he still showed up today nonetheless is a, is a testament to his dedication to the fandom as well. Yes, 100, 100%. <laughs> uh, all right. We will be back in just a moment with that interview with Michael Chernis, and we will be back in a few days with that promised second finale feedback show. Until then, everybody, enjoy the interview. The interview is? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Michael, thank you so much. This is wild for us. We're so, uh, we're all a bunch of uh, any Marks meeting Rick and Laszlo Hale for the first time right now. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love uh, it. We're, they can't crucify you if your hand is in a fist. That's right. That's right. That's what we've, that's I just, what we've been I got told. that tattooed on myself. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Michael, uh, we're, we're so happy that you were able to, to take some time to join us. We've been uh, nerding out really hard about severance over the last several weeks and uh, specifically in the last couple of weeks, like nerding out especially hard about Rickon. Uh, so this is a real this is a real treat for all three of us. So first of all, just thank you for taking the time. This is really great for us. Oh, my God. It's my pleasure. Right back at you. Um, I believe that uh, we have a, a special surprise prepared for you uh, just right off the, t- the the top of the podcast to just like really kind of like let you know the sort of weird brand we've got when it comes to severance. <laughs> we thought well, we, we would just okay. we thought we would just ice break you right away. If that's all right. Great. Let's do it. Uh, best introduction uh, to us that we have. Yes. So, so, so my name is Amanda Michael, and I've been extremely inspired by your performance and your character, um, Dr. Rick and Laszlo Hale, and particularly his acrostic poetry. <laughs> so I've been I've been dabbling quite a bit in the acrostics, and and I've written one for you. Oh shit! No way. <laughs> okay, let's give it a try. Um, M is for mysticism, a power <laughs> above. I is for the eyes which observe us with love. C is for churness. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. H is for the happiness we derive from your performance. E is for Egan. Some of us thought it was you. A is for Agog, which we are for season two. And L is for laughs. Thank you for these jokes even funnier than the funny bees. Oh, my God. 
That's incredible. <laughs> uh, an incredible I job. I learned from the best. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> best day of my life. Art <laughs> imitating life, imitating mm. art. I don't know how, how this all, all works. Wow. Uh, that Mike, was incredible. You worked the funny bees in even. I, wow. that was, I, I think we're obsessed the with bees. the funny bees. <laughs> we have that uh, pinned at the top of our list of questions, actually. Is Mike, what are the funny bees? What do they mean to you? Oh my gosh. Oh, man. I like, think I've it, been thinking about it for yeah. weeks. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe oh. if, if they sting you, you laugh instead of cry. <laughs> That's great. I'd uh -huh. never thought of that. Uh -huh. I mean, I think what's so cool about that moment and that scene is it's this little window. I mean, it's it maybe a minute total. Um, but, you know, Rickon's mask drops for a minute and um, we see him. I mean, not to be super cheesy, but we see the 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 he he is a little more. And um, you also get a glimpse that, you know, that foursome unit of Gemma and Mark and Devin and Rickon were probably really fun and had fun and were this, you know, before everything goes wrong, before tragedy happens, we can all relate to that. Even just the pandemic as an example of like mm -hmm. recent Trump traumatic events that we've all been through, like the before times when everything was good, when it, they went on some hike, you know, as the way I interpreted it, uh, the yeah. crest hike. And there were bees that for whatever reason they found funny. And it was just <laughs> one of those inside jokes that you have like yeah with your friends like you know um i don't want to make any assumptions i don't know anything about you know who they were back then but like maybe they were stoned or maybe they were <laughs> you know, whatever like the bees were not stinging but they seemed to be drunk on the flower that they were you know on there was something funny about those bees but for me it was just this moment this key to the past of like connection with an old friend mm -hmm. um, who you've sort of been had tension with recently and been at odds with. And, and all of a sudden it can soften and be like, remember, remember the old days when we had that thing that happened that was so great. Like, um, so yeah, I don't know if it matters literally what the funny bees yeah. were, but it's just, it's a great example though, that everything on this show feels very rich and specific. Uh, and I think, right. uh, a big piece of why it's it's connected with with so many people, not just, you know, a lot of the themes that it's playing on that are obviously incredibly resonant for the times that we are living in on multiple different fronts. Um, but just also that the that the writing and the character work feels like there are, you know, deep wells of backstory behind mm -hmm. everything. Uh, and I know I, I can speak certainly for Melissa and Amanda and myself of just how engaged we've been with all of it all the way through. The fact that the funny bees could have that level of like emotional connection is why we love Severance yeah. so much. Completely. And God bless you. Um, thank you for, for caring so much about it. I think what's so cool about the, the reaction of everyone is um, just the amount of listening everyone's doing. Cause like to even catch that little detail of that line, mm. that's a line on a different show where you're not even paying attention. You're like doing the dishes, you know, you're like the TV's just kind of noise in the background and like a little line, like remember the funny bees eight out of 10 viewers wouldn't have even literally heard it. Yeah. Um, so I think what's so cool about this show is that yes, every little nuance is, is a detail. Um, can be a clue, but is not always a clue. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. 
I wanted to ask you about that, Michael, because we have been completely blown away by the show. And, and you noted that there's this big engaged community that has been pouring over, you know, all of the dialogue and has been really moved by it. Um, did you have a feeling while you were filming it that it was going to be something really special that was going to captivate people in this way? You know, I knew it was incredibly special, um, but I didn't know how it would land with audiences. I remember reading it and saying to my wife, this is one of the best scripts I've ever read. And this is the greatest character I've ever been offered. I mean, he, the thought of uh, someone as rich and weird as Rickon and trying to, the challenge as an actor of trying to make him human and not just a joke, you know, felt, I was so excited about it. And I thought the scripts were so smart. Um, but I've been involved with some shows that I thought were incredible and have like a very passionate small fan base, but small. Like I was on this mm -hmm. show called Patriot on Amazon, which is also, if you don't know it, is an incredible um, piece of writing and um, dare I say work of art. I mean, it's two seasons and Steve Conrad who created it, um, it's, it's a similar kind of attention to detail um, where you can geek out about every little moment. But I think, you know, like, a hundred people have seen it and like I'm related to 50 of them. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought it would catch on with a certain, you know, enclave of geeks on the internet, but I didn't think that uh, a, a lot of people would get it because mm -hmm. it's so weird and it's so um, <laughs> strange that I yeah. didn't know if it would hit in this way. Yeah. yeah. You talk about the, the character of, Rickon and, and his like he is both this kind of comic relief character that you really need in a show like this sometimes it can't all be dark and tragic the whole time totally. um, but he's also so earnest and takes himself very seriously so how do you approach striking that balance there yeah I mean it was it's uh that's a good question that we talked about a lot because um if you take Rickon and Devin's scenes like out of context without the rest of the show, I feel like you could approach it a lot of different ways. Um, but given the larger piece that, and I think that's a lot of an actor's job is trying to figure out how you fit into the, the greater story. Um, yeah, I think he, he serves the purpose of giving the audience a bit of a breath in what is otherwise a thrilling, scary, dark um, show sometimes. Uh, we need a laugh here and there. Um, but I also think one of the coolest little tricks of the show is this guy who on the outside is maybe, maybe a joke and who Mark clearly seems to kind of disdain at this point um, becomes his hero on the inside, like that flip. Um, it was tricky because Rickon doesn't know that that's happening, but I as sure. Michael do. And so <laughs> how do you help move that very specific storyline forward, even though the character is unaware? Um, it was it was tough and what dan erickson the creator and writer kept saying was like you know find the humanity um and so again that scene like the hamburger waiter you know i'm just a buffoon why do i ever my buffoon mouth like i think that's the key into him is that he actually the the pompous grandiose thing is just an it's an act for a guy who's incredibly insecure yeah yeah, that was such a powerful scene. Like, you know, you said that it reveals a lot about this history of Mark and, and Gemma and Devin and Rickon that we might not have known that, they, you know, they were all really close. They had fun. And then, like you said, you reveal your character's vulnerability 
in that moment. Um, that was that, that I thought that that was a really powerful scene. I mean, how what was that like to perform there? What kind of what did you draw on for that? Um, my, my own crippling anxiety. <laughs> relatable content. Yeah. Very relatable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, especially these days, I, I feel like I've forgotten how to be in public or be at a party or even talk to anyone who's not my wife. Like after two years of being inside, um, we had this big, uh, live event in LA last week for the finale. And, um, I, I felt like a buffoon. I was just, you know, doing press interviews and I was like, literally felt like Rick and I was like, why do I even open my mouth? I did. I'm, um, so I just drew on some of my own, mm-hmm. I think anxiety, but also, um, I mean, how do I, I think he, I think even if his writing comes off as being ridiculous and sort of like Jack Handy's deep thoughts on acid, I think he's, He's trying to help people. Um, and one thing Dan and I've talked about too is there's no such thing as objective, um, objectively good writing. And what may be drivel to you, if it helps someone else, who's to say? You know, the worst self-help book or whatever on the shelf, um, if that changed someone's life, if that saved someone, if that gave someone some relief from their own depression or their own sadness, if it opened up some path towards happiness for someone, I can't tell you that that's bad writing that somehow, you know, Steinbeck is so much better. Um, So, you know, this idea that there is this canon of what's good and what isn't. um, So, you know, I really tried to resist, this is a long way of saying, I tried to resist judging Rickon. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, leaving that up to the audience. I'm not going to tell you that he's uh, pompous. What's pompous, especially in this alternative reality that we have. Mm -hmm. And also you have like Patricia's doing this sort of heightened thing too with Koval and Selvig, you know, Mm -hmm. added like four syllables in the A and Mark, you know, it's like, (laughs) Mark! Mark. And um, it's brilliant, you know, it's not, uh, yeah, so long-winded way of saying that. You, uh, you know, talking about uh, about the writing and, and uh, certainly um, Rickon is going to tell us through the UUR that he had to break uh, literature itself. Uh, <laughs> can, uh, we've, we've heard tell that some longer extended version of the UUR exists. Uh, can you speak to that at all and how that may or may not have informed your work uh, on Severance? It, I guess it does exist. I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it wasn't given to me. Dan, I guess, has written like sixty pages, just in his own research, and I think also to have available like alts if we wanted uh-huh. to see a different page or wanted. Um, but I only know really mostly what we um, saw on screen, and that, that's not completely true. During the book reading scene. Um, uh, there were there I got to read ahead a couple of pages because they just wanted to have all during a reflection break you were able to <laughs> exactly 
Wow. You, yeah. you, you really <laughs> we, we go deep. Um, We've done nothing else. We've done you know, nothing else. We we got to get you recording an audio book of the complete oh, you are. I would love that. I mean, I know Dan's got a bunch of it written and I think wants to write more, but I think the question is if it were to be released, even a abridged version, is it mm -hmm. just a joke that doesn't mm. work in long form? Mm. You know, like, do you really actually want to read a full length the you you are or is it better if it's just sort of uh, yeah we think we do <laughs> i was gonna say i did a lot of like zooming in on the far page trying to like read <laughs> right but yeah. is that more fun than actually mm. buying the copy <laughs> right Very possible. My, oh, so michael a friend a friend of our podcast actually created an ai twitter bot that generates you you are quotes mm -hmm. what yeah. It's, tra it's trained it's on all of the dialogue from the show and it just spits out different you you are yeah. quotes yeah what's the handle what's the how do i follow one what? of it got shut what the first one got shut down but the second one <laughs> is or by who uh no by, by the creator it wasn't up to snuff uh it's uh, uh at, it's at the you you are bot uh created uh by the great daniel schiffman mm -hmm. uh and uh just a sample tweet uh is uh at the center of discutient is cutie <laughs> uh and oh so God. this is the, this is the level of madness that has been uh inspired oh. by this show mm -hmm. and, and your character uh i so, love it i uh, love it do you have do you have a favorite quote from the you you are one that uh, either resonated with you uh, or just tickled you so much as you were uh, reciting those lines was I that mean, a fun was that a fun day of recording all of those lines it was too? incredible yeah. along the lines of what you just read one of my favorites is at the center of industry is dust um, yeah. <laughs> so you know profound not profound um, uh, that day was incredible I was um, I didn't know that I would be doing those voiceovers that came later. They were in the script, but I think there was a question about would it be Adam Scott's voice, just Mark reading uh, himself, or will we just see them maybe written on the screen? Or it was not always a guarantee that it would be Rickon's voice. Um, and so I recorded those with Ben in a sound studio months after I finished shooting. Um, and so it was the greatest it was the greatest day you know and different versions where ben's like could you whisper it more, could you it more? <laughs> um just pretend like you're saying it right into my ear uh you know. so um but i love all of them i think they're all incredible um yeah yeah um you know the, i'm gonna bastardize it but the one about you know that there was something wrong with literature itself uh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> So yeah, good. because you couldn't publish it, self-publish at 20 or something. The problem yeah. wasn't you. It was literature itself. So, yeah. so good. <laughs> it's important to, to clarify. Um, um, Michael, you shared some of Rickon's backstory in the Twitter Q&A that you said you had gotten from Dan Erickson. I was wondering if there was anything more that you could tell us about Rickon's backstory or, you know, how those details informed your treatment of the character. Yeah, there's a there was a, a lot more that I don't think I'm. I asked Dan what I was allowed to put. Okay. On. I don't think there's much more that I'm allowed, but he, there was a lengthy bio that he gave me, and I think he had them for all the characters. Um, as I'm sure you you know by now, like Dan is incredibly um, thorough uh, and detailed as a writer, and so he has this whole world 
mapped out for himself. And it's incredible as an actor because sometimes, and there's no right way to do it, but sometimes you ask a writer like, where's, what's my character's backstory? And they're like, I don't know, come up with one. And right. to have the writer email you this lengthy tome on who you are was really cool. I think that the chief thing that I took from it was that this is this guy who was born to um, artist parents who were uh, probably neglectful at best and uh, dismissive and hurtful, uh, you know, at worst or in reality. And, um, you know, called him pedestrian and felt like he wasn't uh, a true artist or, you know, um, uh, so that really hit me. And actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to give this away, but the line at the top of the birthing center scene, when I'm like crying on Devin, I say, I just don't want to be like my father was an improv because um, they were just like, we're going to hold on you guys while Mark enters. And I think the stage direction just said like Rickon is crying over Devin's belly. And so I just like said, I don't want to be my father (laughs) because I, I've been carrying around the thought that Rickon's dad is this abusive, maybe like I pictured him as this like alcoholic um, Mm -hmm. theater director. Um, And so, yeah, for me, that bio that Dan gave me really helped a lot. And I think um, who Rickon is, is very specific to both me and Dan. Um, And maybe some of those things will come up in a second season. But I think that little glimpse that we saw in that back patio scene at the end of the finale with, with Mark and Rick and yeah. is the tip of the iceberg of probably the pain and um, uh, the wound that Rickon has. Um, well, yeah. can in, in sort of like following that line down and I know a lot of this is, is still speculative because uh, you know, we just wrapped episode nine and we're all waiting for episode 10, AKA episode one of, of season two. But, you know, we have, um, any Mark is the one who's talking to Rickon and to any Mark Rickon, you know, may as well be the voice of God, right? Like this was like groundbreaking, right. incredible stuff for him. Um, and Devin knows that that was the any version of her brother who is out there in the wild. Uh, we don't right. know what's going to be on the other side of that, but I, I do just wonder about how you imagine based on what you know of Rickon as a character, how would he, in your mind, react to learning about like the importance of his words and his thoughts in the lives of these innies? Like, what would that mean for Rick? And do you allow yourself to like think that far down the road? I have a little. I think he loves it. I mean, I think he his ego is going to be ridiculous. Poor Devin, she's going to have to deal with. It. <laughs> and, um, so I think you know that part of him is going to be really stoked. And then I think it, um, this is not coming from, you know, Dan or anyone official. This is my own stupid imagination and my musings. Um, I think, you know, he would be, feel very called to um, protect the workers. Like if he knew that um, there were these innies who uh, were inspired by him, that he was this catalyst for a revolution, he would, um, he would want to storm the ramparts with them. He would, you know, immediately want to, take up arms and uh you know i think he's gonna feel in my mind uh very called to action and um maybe you know find some kind of purpose in all of this too going from maybe some trust fund guy uh who writes you know panned self-help books to becoming a revolutionary at least in his own mind um i mean we can really hope that's yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. That's yeah, really I can, exciting. I can only hope too. Yeah, <laughs> that's an exciting prospect for season two. We've we've speculated about how uh, you know, exciting it is to think about the whole team that's going to assemble now that this information is out to uh, take down Lumen. So we, we we would definitely be here for it. The Severance yeah. Avengers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Egan, Egan versus Hale is uh, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny you say that because there, <laughs> yeah. there was a period of time. And I think that this really speaks to the power of not just this show, but also, I think, a testament to week to week television, that there's yes. so much space in between episodes for people to speculate and get into, you know, uh, like the nitty gritty of every line that we're like talking about the reflection break and everything that like every little uh, detail is being looked at. Uh, and in our uh, uh, podcast over the last couple of weeks, we do feedback shows as well and in engaging with our uh with our listeners a lot of people and then ourselves were like wait what if what if rickon's a secret egan what if rickon <laughs> what is if he's on of, the board yeah. what yeah. if he's the board what if it's josh, turned out it was rickon all along yeah josh thought it was your voice coming from the uh speaker yeah. phone we were really <laughs> i like hit 15 seconds back multiple yeah. times how much of this stuff reached your uh awareness of like people really like theorizing about is ricken in on it and stuff like that a, a good amount has i um i was a little oblivious to it at first and then some friends started sending me some stuff and I, i've now been like looking pretty obsessively <laughs> ashamed to admit but yeah i've been following what like fans are saying um and i love that theory sadly that is not true but um uh I had that thought. So we didn't get all the episodes at once too. They were mm. kind of coming to us as we were shooting. And so I always wondered, I was like, this Keir Egan stuff sounds kind of like Rickon. Like what is, um, obviously there's a, a, an intentional parallel right. between mm-hmm. the two in the writing, but I, I agree with you that I think it is a testament to week to week television. And um, there's a lot of pluses to, to streaming everything, binging all at once. I, I've done it. Of course we all have now. But I, there's something about waiting that's really great. Um, and I love how this show doesn't spell everything out, that there are so many things that feel vague or ambiguous or unanswered. Yeah, we talked a lot uh, near the end about what were the things that we really wanted to find out about, what were the things that we were comfortable kind of waiting to be revealed over time. Um, if there was like a big kind of Rickin answer that you thought we should get in season two? Like, do you have any speculation on, or, or I guess maybe the show in general, like what's the thing that you think that we need to learn soon? Oh man. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what we, I don't know what we need to learn. I mean, I think I'm just as, I'm a fan of the show at this point too. I'm, I'm just as interested. I think the larger thing for me that is the goats is the goat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that it, we do need to know. What, what there. Um, no, I mean, I, in like a more of just like a um, thematic sort of way, like how exactly did this severance procedure come to pass and how did it, how was it passed by Congress or whatever? Mm-hmm. And how, like, what was you know we get a little taste of it but what was my take and devin's take and you know um when someone when, when your family member chooses to do this like how what is the protocol beforehand like what the specifics of it's the kind of thing where it's we it's sort of presented and we 
accept that it's part of the reality, but it's when you really think about it, it's like such a crazy thing to be introduced into into human life. I just have so many questions about the how and, and mm-hmm. why. Yeah. Um, and just what is really going on at Lumen? You know, like <laughs> why severance? What do they do? I don't know. Yeah. We, yeah, we've been we've been trying to figure it out too. Yeah, yeah. It's the eels, right? It's got to be the eels. It's got to be could the be, eels. Could be eel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, we've got a, a couple of so hard. I we have. It. Oh, it's been we, tough. Uh, uh, so it's, cool. This weight's going to be harsh. It's going to be so really cool. rough. We've a couple uh, quick hits that I think uh, we would be upset with ourselves. Uh, uh, our innies would certainly be furious when they heard that we didn't ask some of these questions. Uh, the the no dinner dinner party. Uh, yes. Do you uh, feel like there's merit to this, or would you rage quit the moment you found out that you'd been invited to a no dinner dinner party? I would be so mad. <laughs> I love food. I would be so mad. I would be so mad. I would look at my wife with just rage in my eyes and say, "We how did we end up here?" Uh-huh. That's- definitely the most unbelievable aspect of the show is that you think there's definitely been one somewhere there's somewhere in california where there has been a no dinner dinner yeah the the patterns of the world hosting these no dinner dinner Mm -hmm. parties yeah Yeah. there's Uh, like some new age group that's like fasting right now but they Mm -hmm. they wanted to feast on ideas yeah Yeah. like we have an appetite for discourse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's nourishing uh, in its own right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, so Amanda and I both have uh, doctorates. Do you know what Rickon's doctorate is in? Uh, just in life. Just yeah. in life. Yeah. Perfect. Life doctor. I don't know. It's yes. Good, good question. Uh, it's a good question. It's a good question, doctor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you may not be a real doctor. I don't know. Yeah. You know, we don't know. He's like a real doctor and like how I'm a real minister, but I just got it online. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. one of those too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Married some friends. Yeah, I'm a, same. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm a shaman rabbi. Uh, yeah. 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 Whatever you need. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, the the last one we we have for you. You've been so generous with your time, um, and I don't know if you've got the answer to this one. I assume that it was probably a big part of Rickon's backstory, so maybe you do and you can't say. But uh, what was with the kelp? <laughs> Kelp. Oh, there, there's a lot of uh, look it up. I mean, there's a lot of people who who there's a lot of benefits to seaweed uh, with with the birthing process. Um, yeah, it's an old hippie thing. <laughs> the kelp catches the. I don't know. <laughs> it always the works. Kelp catches the spirits of the ancestors yes. who were there to watch the oh. children be born. You know, it's uh, we all came from the water. That's the first mm. primordial. Uh, life so um yeah there we go yeah totally making this up yeah. uh-huh. no that scene with so the soul creating a soul void, soul is, void. Something, is something yeah. that will live live for, with me forever yeah you got to tell a secret so mm-hmm. that the soul void is created yeah well uh, uh soul void is another uh way of saying podcast and we uh we are so grateful for you creating this soul void with us today uh-huh. michael uh it's an absolute treat for all three of us and uh, we just can't thank you enough for taking some time Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Keep geeking out about Severn. We plan to. We, we will. Yeah. Uh, most certainly. We've yeah. got a long time to wait. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Michael, thank yeah. you so much. Uh, we appreciate it so much. Oh, my God. Thank you. All Such right. a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you.